0: I always love this bump back. Hour number two underway on a Burgundy and Gold Game Day in the nation's capital and beyond, as we take you up till four o'clock. Commander's Bears tonight. Thursday night football prime TV. Uh, I guess it's locally televised. I think they have to do that. I whatever. I'll be at the game. Uh, So, uh, you know, we'll 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 have full reaction tomorrow. But right now, we get the reaction of somebody who spent a very long time on the beat and did it tremendously well. And now. He is the new host from 10 a.m. to noon on 910 The Fan in Richmond, Odyssey Richmond. It's my guy, Michael Phillips, and you can follow him in case you're not already doing so, and you all obviously should be doing so, at Michael P. in R-V-A. What up, Mr. Phillips? How are you? Game
1: day, man. I love it. You know, it gives the show a little extra juice, or we're building to something. We're, uh, in my show, it still felt so far away, but now— You know, it's real. It's getting there. We're closer.
0: Absolutely, but I I will tell you this, uh, you know, and we got word right before the show that uh, Matt Paris is working his last game tonight with the Commander's Beat. He's been on it for the Washington Times for a long time. He's going down to cover another average defensive coach, uh, defensive head coach (laughs) uh, in Dennis Allen and the Saints. Um, You know, like, game day is not the same without you, pal. I mean, you know, I I, I mean, I I got so used to seeing you there uh, all the time. I miss the the uh, how do I say this nicely, but also get a dig in at the same time? I miss the swarmy, funny, um, uh, smartassy, and wonderful, wonderful technology-led efforts <laughs> out of one Michael Phillips.
1: Ah, uh, you you are too kind. You are too kind, Chris. It's uh, you know I'm miss being there with you boys. I'll be watching tonight. Uh, on TV. I, I was this close to coming up. I was, mm-hmm. I was talking myself into it and I just, I, it's a long night back. I hate and, um, so long. <laughs> I'm getting old, man. I'm not the young guy I used to be. It's a long, brother. Long l-
0: night. Let me Let me tell you something. From somebody who has been stuck on 95 well after midnight, uh, 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 You know, no matter what night of the week, many, many, many times, I do not blame you. You are much better I, I off watching this on the tube.
1: I've I've always received helpful advice from people who are like, oh, you know, 95, that must be terrible. Yeah, you know, it's bad. They say you should just, you know. You should wait until midnight and drive home then. Then it'll be fast. Yeah, then, right. No, that's when they do the
0: construction. Exactly. That's when they really screw you uh, and shut down all of the highway and you have to take Route 1 uh, through Stafford and Fredericksburg, and it takes you an extra hour. Anyway, uh, Michael Phillips with us. Again, catch him 10 to noon uh, right before AWOD, uh, 910 The Fan, the Odyssey app uh, in Richmond, and, of course, long time uh, on the beat here uh, for the Washington Commanders and by any other name. All right, so. So let's get to this Michael. I was just talking about this last year when these two teams met up on Thursday night football. The Bears and Justin Fields racked up 391 yards. They threw an interception off of a batted pass inside the 10. They turned it over on downs inside the 10, uh and then they had a punt fumbled, a punt return fumbled which immediately led to a Commanders touchdown which ultimately won them the game. Can the Commanders win with a let's just call it defensive performance like that, where they give up a ton of yards and yet maybe get a little bit fortunate, maybe create their own breaks and create some turnovers, whether it be on downs or actual takeaways. Can they win a game like that and stop the bleeding in your eyes?
1: Boy, the takeaways are just such a huge part of that equation. And look, That's why they brought Emmanuel Forbes in, right? They needed to create more takeaways, and we saw the impact when he was able to do that, leading them to a victory in Denver. We saw the impact when he wasn't able to do that last week in Philly, giving up big plays. Um, Part of this defense is, you know, look, it's fine. It's fine to have a good defense. It's fine to allow a bunch of yards, bend but don't break, hold them to field goals. But the point of a really talented defense, there's six first-round picks on this defense starting tonight. The point of having a defense that good is that they can change the game. They can make a play. They they can turn things around the other way. They they can get the ball to the offense on a short field. Um, that's what they need to be doing. That's the next step. I if you get to the end of the season and, and your your final verdict on the Commanders defense was yeah they were fine they you know they held teams to field goals a lot that ain't it not not with the investment they've put in they've got to make plays and be proactive and especially against this offense.
0: But you will take the whole bend-but-don't-break philosophy if bend-but-don't-break means, I don't know, 13 points tonight or or something like sure. that, right? I, I mean, you'll take that and just sure. – try and cover your eyes and maybe go, I hope the D I hope the offense at least got to 20 or something like that. Like you'll take that as opposed to the hemorrhaging on big plays that happened on Sunday. And even if you look back to the bills game, right, that game was 16, nothing going into the fourth quarter. It's not like the defense was humiliated the first three quarters of that game. It just got out of control because of turnovers and sacks in the fourth quarter.
1: You you nailed it. I don't hold the Bills game against the defense at all. That was an offensively driven bad game. Awad and I were actually arguing about this on my show earlier because um, I declared Monday a moral victory Monday. I felt mm. really good coming off of the Eagles game. Loved the Sam Howell stride. Loved what Eric Biennium brought to the table. He was mad about that. He said, no, no moral win. So he says, if they win tonight 12-7, to is that a moral loss or, you know, are you going to be all (laughs) lathered up tomorrow? I I don't think this team's good enough to have moral loss yet. I, I aspire to the day when I get mad about a loss on the radio, that'll mean we've made it. That'll mean that, you know, they, they do that in Boston. They do that, you know, in Pittsburgh, the the places where, uh, you know, bad examples this year, but you know, in San Francisco, they get mad when, when, you know, you don't look great in victory. Hey, I you you give me 12 to 7 right now and stick your hand out I'm going to give it the Josh Harris handshake I'm going to take that. I'm going to go run into the bank. We need to be talking about a W tomorrow. That's what's important.
0: All right, so so that's interesting because I did just the opposite in hour number one before you joined me. I said, look, this isn't a, like a, a question of a must-win game. Of course it's a must-win game. You have to win this game. But I said, you know, I, I kind of, and maybe this is sports talk, radio bluster, I kind of need something to feel good about going into a 10-day work week uh, I, and, and preparation for the Atlanta Falcons. I need like... I don't know, 24 to 10, somewhere in that range. I I need to feel good about both units, and actually all three units, because I don't feel very good about the special teams either. Is that too much to ask? Is that just – is that – just typical sports radio, uh, bl- you know, blasphemy. Or is that something real? Because if you're Josh Harrison, you're like, wait a second. We beat the Cardinals by four. We struggled in that game. We barely beat the Broncos. Even though I know the late, you know, touchdown on the Hail Mary, we got to do more than win these games against quote unquote less uh, intimidating opponents by three or four
1: points. I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with any of it. You're just a fountain of reasonableness, Rooster. You know that. <laughs> I've been saying that for years. Yes. Here's what
0: I'll... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, you've been saying that for years? Nobody says that about me.
1: But uh, I appreciate it. Well, I've never said that before. Uh, the, the, the counterpoint I would offer is Thursday night football is wacky. Thursday that's night true. football is weird. They, they both sides of the ball played more than 70 snaps. You're right. On Sunday. You're right. There were a ton of snaps. Uh, they, they did not sub guys in and out. Uh, we've talked about how Martin didn't play any snaps. Obviously that's come up a lot this week. Chase Young played 80% of the game. A lot of these guys played the full game. They, I mean, I'm worried about the physical toll that's going to take on the short week coming off a big game against Philly. Um, I, I'm, I'm adjusting expectations accordingly. I will say this, if you can get out of there with a win and get the long week, it does get me revved up for Atlanta. Okay. Um, you know, the, the chance to go down there and make, make a road statement, uh, which, you know, I, I think those count really big in the NFL. I, I love that Denver win, mm-hmm. show, you know, showing the ability to bounce back on the road. That counted a lot for me. Uh, sets you up to make a nice statement. There. Look, the number one thing, I mean, was, if, they, if they blow them out of the water tonight, I feel good. I feel good for 10 days. But if they get a win, I think it sets you up for future success.
0: Check out Michael Phillips 10 to noon and on the Odyssey at 910, the fan in Richmond at Michael P in RVA on X slash Twitter. Uh, He's great. He's got lots of great content there. And of course, uh, you know, he's just an all around swell guy. Um, So let, let me ask you this. If you were Josh Harris and they lose tonight, would you do anything?
1: Here's here's my fear with, with doing something this early. Now, I think Ron has the autonomy to change defensive coordinators if he wants to, if he deems that necessary. I don't think he will. I don't think he's that kind of guy. I think with Josh Harris, the problem with making a big move this early in the tenure is I don't think they're they're where they want to be in terms of getting situated at the GM position, uh, in the front office positions, in those places. I think those are the first dominoes. And and whatever happens this season is whatever happens this season. And, and, you know, you hope it's good. You hope Ron leads the boys to the playoffs. You have a lot to talk about. Um, I think his number one priority the day the season ends will be how do I get the best, most forward-thinking general manager and personnel guy I can find out there Mm -hmm. and give him the keys to this car and let him start driving around for a little while. And I don't think doing anything reactively necessarily enhances your ability to do that.
0: So far, the commander's offense has been really good in two games, uh, really bad in one and kind of eh, meh in another, right? So two, one and one, if you want to break it down like that. Who is more responsible for whatever the offense is in your eyes, Eric Bieniemy or Sam Howell?
1: Well, I I love the pairing, and I, th- I think they're learning together in a lot of ways. I, I look back at that Bills game, and you know, if you ask me who's at fault there, the answer was both of them. Sam Howell didn't run the offense well, didn't make the plays he needed to make, didn't make the adjustments he needed to make. Eric Bieniemy didn't call the plays he needed to call. He didn't have a good diversified game plan ready to go in there. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I reserve the right to change my answer week by week. The answer, who's at fault for the Buffalo game? Both of them. The answer, who gets the credit for the Philly bounce back? Both of them. Uh, enemy called a great game. Set, Sam Howell did a great job getting the ball out quickly, making good decision, making a just absolutely great throw to Jahan Dotson mm-hmm. to send that game to overtime. Uh, so joint, joint blame, joint credit so far. Those roads might diverge at some point. Robert Frost might drop by. Two roads might diverge in the woods on a snowy snowy night. They haven't yet, though.
0: I think that's fair, no doubt about it. Uh, if I told you the thirty third team, which I, I have a lot of respect for, I don't I, I forget mm-hmm. who I I forget who did this ranking. I Ooh, saw that. Yeah, uh, they had Sam Howell as the thirtieth best. Or. I guess the third worst starting quarterback in the NFL going into week. uh, Where are we? Week five here. Is that blasphemy? Is that preposterous to put him behind Bryce Young of the Carolina Panthers? Kenny Pickett, who's been struggling. Desmond Ritter, who's been way up and down. We'll maybe see him next week. Is that absurd or is that somewhat fair given all of the sacks and a bunch of the turnovers in some of these games?
1: You know. Daniel Jones is above him on the chart, and and I think you can make a case. You'd rather have Daniel Jones than Sam Howell right now. I'm not I'm not prepared to agree with that take, but you could make that take, and I wouldn't say like you're a ridiculous human being. Mm-hmm. I think you could make the take. You'd rather have Bryce Young right now than Sam Howell, and I would say, look, you know that you're wrong, uh, but that that like I don't disagree with your. Ability to have that take. If you want to, that's fine. If you tell me right now, Chris Russell, that Desmond Ritter mm. is better than Sam Howell, there's mm. the door. Just march on right through it. Of course he's not. He's he is in year two of struggling. He has shown none of the highlight real promise that Sam Howell has shown. I think I will ride with Sam Howell seven days of the week and twice on Prime Video Thursday nights. That's ridiculous to me. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. I love that. See, because that's one of my things. I'm like, you know, any day of the week, 10,000 times. on uns- But you are creative enough <laughs> mid-sentence to change it up and be like, TNF on Prime with Richard Sherman and Carissa Thompson and uh, Andrew Whitworth and and Kirk and, and Cur- Street. Yes, I love it. Michael Phillips uh, doing a great job with us here. Of course, again, check him out on the Odyssey app, 10 to noon, Monday through Friday. 910, the fan, he's doing the radio thing now. He's just like the rest of us. He's doing the radio thing now. Um uh, and, and uh I, again at Michael P uh in RVA. All right, so um I think I've answered I, I think I've asked you most of the football things I wanted your opinion on. I wanted to ask you this because you you uh, again, you specialized in so many things for years and years and years on the beat, but one of the things that I I don't know if I would say you're synonymous with, but one of the things that I know you cared about uh, a lot was how this team kind of handled their business operations, PR, that type of thing, how it looks, and you were always willing to come up with a a, a smart kind of take and spin. When I saw them, A, get a sellout for a third game in a row on a Thursday night after two bad losses, and granted all these tickets weren't bought this week, Against a non-premier opponent, and as a matter of fact, a team, you know, that's not a division team, that team that's 0-4, blah, 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 blah. I was impressed by that, and also further impressed by not only did they work out a deal with Metro for tonight, but they worked out a deal with Metro for five years. To me, this is like the things that we've been waiting for. Common sense, smart business things. We gotta give them credit, right?
1: you absolutely tip the cap and I am absolutely delighted to tip my cap. Uh, I think people enjoyed my coverage of the Dan Snyder era and there was room for sarcasm and humor uh, along the way. I promise you it doesn't bother me at all to be covering a a nice, competent football organization. Uh, you know how many times have we said that on the radio? Like (laughs) I, I don't, I don't root for the chaos. Give give me a nice competent Super Bowl winner. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ride that train all the way to title town. Um, These things don't win you Super Bowls, but they're the little things that show you might be on the path to Mm -hmm. doing it, Mm -hmm. getting a family room for the, the players' wives at the games, making this an actual appealing place to work again. These things do matter, Chris.
0: I agree. I agree totally. And they mat- and these benefit the fans, right? Because they're basically, yeah. you know, that money that they get for parking, Michael. They don't have to split that if, um, unless I'm wrong, with the NFL as part of the, that's, you that's know, the, the revenue split. That's all for them. And I've always argued they've got to do something about the parking. Never mind Metro. Just, just cut it in. Of course, they didn't want to do that because again, they get all that revenue. This ownership group is saying, you know what? Take the train. Like I know, it's not the perfect situation. I know you got to walk a long ways. Got, take the train. Spend seven dollars instead of seventy or eighty dollars on parking. We're, we'll be okay. You know, we'll be all right. <laughs> They're gonna make it. Yeah,
1: yeah. We don't, we don't need a. They'll be able to fundraising.
0: Yeah, drive yeah right. Josh a... Harris will be able to put dinner on the table tomorrow night.
1: You oh, know what? A, what a what a relief to know that. Yeah, I, you know, way back in the day, they had shuttles yeah. that ran people from the metro to the stadium, yep. and I, I don't want to. I don't want to be greedy. I also know there's some kind of weird federal law that stopped that for a little while. I don't know if that's been resolved or not. Uh, But but, you know, things like that and getting people out of there on Metro is not just good business, uh, you know, for the fans and and their options. It's good business for the people who paid their seventy dollars to be in the parking lot as well they get out quicker as well.
0: Absolutely. No doubt about it. Michael Phillips with us. All right, last thing. Uh, I was listening to a bit of audio from last night when you were a guest of Linnell Willingham's. And uh, if I'm, uh, if memory serves me correct, uh, he promised you or mentioned to you that, yeah. <laughs> that he would give up his key card or his yeah. job, his access, if they were to lose tonight, meaning the commanders. I heard that. Uh, What's your general feeling on skits and bits like that and radio hosts that have loud mouths and strong opinions uh, putting their job or their hair or their feet or their bodies on the line to do stupid things uh, like that?
1: I know this is foreign territory for yes, you. That's right. So you know t- what? I know
0: nothing. <laughs> I know nothing of what I'm asking.
1: Oh, that's uh, <laughs> he said that, uh, man. What? Like we, we're acting like this is like such a like San Francisco Forty ers organization here. Right. Like everybody pump the brakes. These guys are still very capable of letting you down. I hope they don't do it. I hope it's a great night. I hope the Commanders win. I hope they take care of business quickly and show you that they can handle the Chicago bears. I am nervous. I am scared out of my mind. I would look, there are things I would make outlandish promises on now that, now that I'm in radio land and I can do that. Uh-huh. There are times you do that uh-huh. and there are times you, you do that. This, this is not one of those times. This is an NFL football game on Ooh. Thursday night. Things can happen. So you,
0: so you, what you're basically saying, because of the wackiness that you mentioned Thursday night football, the turnaround, all that, you just re-mentioned it, and the fact that it's an NFL team with Justin Fields, oh by the way, and a couple of decent uh, throwing weapons as well. Basically, what you're saying, am I smelling what you're cooking? That the Bears have a legitimate chance in this?
1: I look, I love taking the Bears in seven points, where mm. you can still get that. And I don't think you can get that anymore. I think it's six now. I loved taking the Bears in seven. You give me a team and a touchdown against a tired opponent on Thursday night football, I want that team no matter who they are as long as it's an NFL roster. I'm hoping for the best. But I am mentally prepared for this to be a grinded-out fight for 60 minutes.
0: Today. I like it. My guy, uh, great to have you on. Uh, again, we'll uh, we'll we'll have everybody keep listening, uh, check you out on Rewind on the podcast. Uh, now doing radio, 10 to noon on Odyssey Richmond and 910 The Fan is our guy Michael Phillips. Thank you, uh, sir. I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you real soon, okay? I will look forward to it. There you go. That is Michael Phillips. He's great, isn't he? A lot of personality, a uh, lot of... Um, a lot of vim and vigor and he was and I so...
1: taking crazy pills
0: well well, yes you are but not michael phillips i don't think he's taking crazy pills you heard what he said about desmond Ritter. again desmond ritter is ranked ahead of sam howell i'm not sure how that happens i want to get into that quarterback rankings chart again it's just one man's opinion okay but it's fun to kind of kick around in addition is this a must win or a must convincing win? you just heard what michael said Sounds like he is, well, he's definitely leaning towards Bears plus the points, but maybe the Bears win this game? If the Bears win this game, what happens? What do you do? What does Josh Harris do? Does he do anything? Or is it just a bad loss and a humiliating night? All of that on the table, 301 980 on the team 980.